Well, if you have your Bibles tonight, I need you to turn to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter number 28. A very familiar passage. It's been referred to as the Great Commission. Uh, But I've entitled this evening's message, The Great Commission or Omission. Are we really serious about the mandate that has been given to us to go out and reach people, no matter who they are, no matter what language they speak, no matter what the color of their skin is, are we really serious about getting the gospel of Jesus Christ out to a lost and dying world? Well, we see here that this is the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we know that because... In my little uh, iPad here, uh, the words are in red. Y'all didn't catch that, I guess. Okay, Mike, just go read. Verse number 18, it says, And Jesus came and he spake unto them, saying, All power, all power. Do you see all power? All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And because of that, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Teaching them, what? Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. We see the passage before us has been called the Great Commission. A commission, the word means a authoritative command. Notice here that this is not a suggestion. This is not, hey, if you, you know, if you want to do it, that's okay. If you don't, hey, that's cool too. It is a mandate from Jesus Christ that we are to go and to reach this world for the cause of Jesus Christ. And then we see that not only is it a commission, but uh, do we really take it seriously? In Acts chapter 17... We see in the story, Paul and Silas have come to Thessalonica and they were passionate. They were preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they were preaching and uh, there were some that came alongside them because they understood what they were doing and they got excited about it. And, and, and it goes on, the story goes on. So they're, they're now, the, the Bible tells us there in Acts chapter 17 that, that they were causing uh, upheaval. They were stirring it up. And what were they stirring it up with? The gospel of Jesus Christ. And then it goes on in verse number 6, and it says this about those. It says, referring to Paul and Silas and those who were, were coming alongside him, they said this about them. Here's the men that have turned the world upside down. 
Is that not what we're supposed to be doing? We are supposed to be turning this world upside down with a gospel of Jesus Christ. But may I remind you, uh, you say, well, you know, uh, what about the language barrier and all that? We, yes, it, it probably would be good if you'd be able to speak Spanish or if you're going to where they speak a different language. Uh, interpreters, they're wonderful and they're great. But I'm telling you, you do not necessarily have to learn that language because your power doesn't call how you master the language. Your power comes from the Holy Ghost working in and through you and He can interpret pretty well for you. And see, what we're supposed to be doing is going out there and doing what God has told us to do. He's given us the power. He's given us uh, the might to be able to go and reach this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But notice here, first of all, he says that we are to go. Now that word is a very interesting word. The word actually means go as you going. Go as you're going. So what we need to understand is no matter where you're going, you should be able to give a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. When you're going to work, uh, you are going, you should be spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. When you're going to Walmart, you should be spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to understand tonight that you do not necessarily have to go and get on a plane and go to some other part of the world to be uh, following through and, and being obedient to the command. Because God here says that wherever you're going, you are to be a witness for me. And by the way, if we're not doing it here, don't expect for us to do it somewhere else. And could it be that we get all excited, and we should, we get all excited. And sometimes we view mission trips as, hey, that's a place that I can go that I've never been before. My dear friend, if you go with that attitude, then you're going for the wrong reason. The reason why you're going is because you felt a call of God upon your life. And you don't need to say, well, I just don't, to, I just don't feel God calling me there. You don't, that's okay. Maybe God hasn't called you to go there. But God has commanded us to be an instrument. And it could be very well that what He wants you to do is not necessarily going physically, but He still wants you to be a part of that. And by your giving, and we've witnessed that, Brother Ronnie has alluded to it, by your giving, by this church giving, Giving, many of us were not able to go. Maybe we're not uh, on down the road. We'll be able to go as well. But you still had a part in getting the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. Every one of you had a part to play in that trip back in May. Every one of you will be a part in the trip that's going in October. And so what we need to be, uh, we need to be obedient to do what God's called us to do in whatever capacity that He calls you to do that but he has called us to be a witness now these figures and statistics sometimes I I get nervous about that you can make statistics to sound what you want them to but I came across now this is for all in uh, uh, all the denominations of so uh, and it's not just Baptist it's not just this church and it goes uh, across the nation. they did a survey And they found out that 95% of those 
who said they were believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Their testimony is that they knew Jesus Christ in a personal way. 95% never won one person to the Lord Jesus. That's a shame. And so, do we really believe in the Great Commission? Not with those numbers. The Great Commission has been the great omission. 95% have never won one person to saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But out of that, also, 80% testified to the fact that they were not consistent in their witnessing. 80% of those who said they know Jesus Christ, 80% said they're not consistent. It's kind of a hit and miss thing. We will never change this world. We will never turn it upside down like Paul and Silas did there in Acts chapter 17 and those that were working with him until we understand that knowing and doing is two different things. See, we talk about the Great Commission. We talk about missions. But what really tells what we believe is how we're doing it. 80% said they're not consistent. 2% of all those who said that they knew Jesus Christ in a personal way, 2% were heavily involved in evangelistic efforts. Now, I know what you're saying. Well, God, God, you know, I'm kind of a shy kind of a guy. And, and, and you know, I'm just not really, I just, you know. Hey, it ain't about how you're going to perform because the Scriptures already tell us all power has been given unto us. Amen. Did you hear that? All power has been given unto you. But then we see that 71% never have given to any evangelistic efforts. 71% of those who said they know Jesus Christ have not given like you have given so that the gospel of Jesus Christ can reach a lost and dying world. In verse 19, as I made mention, it says that we are to go. Mark chapter 5, verse 13 through 16. And it tells us here that uh, in Mark 5, you, you're all familiar. This is where uh, Jesus uh, uh, cast demons uh, 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 into the swine. Remember the story where uh, over 2,000 swine and they went over the edge. And uh, when they saw uh, him do that, boy, word got out quick. I don't know about you, but if I see a bunch of swine... Jumping off because of, of demon activity, I think I'd go around and start telling people about that too. I said, you ain't going to believe what I just saw today. But also in that same verse, we see that he also cast out demons. Word got out there. What's the point, Mike? The point is, we have witnessed miracles Right here in this church. How, what do you mean? I hadn't seen nobody get healed. I, I, if you have trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you have received a miracle. 
And it's the greatest miracle that Jesus Christ could ever do for us is that he brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And I want you to know that we would say, boy, if I saw him cashing out day, well, I believe I'd go around and talk about that. But my dear friend, we ought to be going out and talking about that because if nothing else, we ought to be able to tell them the story about how the Lord Jesus cast the demons out of us and how he healed us and how he brought us out of the kingdom of darkness into his marvelous light. Even if we didn't see anything else the Lord Jesus did, if he done something for us, if he saved us, isn't that something to talk about. Now, I have nothing wrong with uh, going and learning uh, the Roman road and and all of that. Uh, and, And that's good. And we need to do that. But I'm telling you, the best testimony that we have is just going and telling somebody what Jesus did for you. Hey, this is what Jesus did for me. That's something to share. And so here he goes and tells us that we are to be salt. Are we not? We're to be salt. Now, one of the properties is salt. If you uh, have a piece of meat or, or, or whatever, and you put a whole lot of salt in that, and you eat that, what happens? You get thirsty, don't you? Here, what we're needing to understand, if we're going to be salt because of our testimony and because of our going and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, that should cause people to be thirsty for the Lord Jesus. That's what salt does. It makes you thirsty. So the question for us tonight is, when's the last time you shared your testimony? When's the last time that you went to belong someone, maybe you're in Walmart or wherever the case may be. When's the last time you just went up and said, hey, I I want you to know, uh, and you can work your way into that and just tell them what Jesus Christ did for you. When's the last time we did that? You know, I'm busy. I'm always busy. My dear friend, if we're where we ought to be with the Lord Jesus, we ought to be sensitive to those round about us everywhere we go. So here it says, we are to go. But then it says we're to teach. What are we supposed to teach? We're supposed to teach how they can become followers of Jesus Christ. That's what we're supposed to be teaching. We saw witness of that. Oh, these, they got saved. What did they do? They went and they taught. They taught how they can be followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Mark chapter 16, verse number 15, it says uh, that if you go, uh, and, and, and that uh, as we, where were you going? We're going to the world, right? Isn't that what the Great Commission is? We're to go to the world. But we also understand that the word uh, also is that we are to preach, right? You go to Matthew, uh, uh, go, go to Mark. It says we are to preach. Now that word preach does not mean a vocation. It doesn't mean it's left up to the preacher to go do the preaching. If you've been saved, you need to be preaching. That word preach means to herald. It's in the present tense. It means an active voice. We should be an active voice for the cause of Jesus Christ. We ought to be active not only to reach, but to teach and to preach. What? The gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, notice here there's a message. What is the message? The message is 
the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, D.L. Moody, one of the great evangelists. D.L. Moody was at a conference in Indianapolis. The conference was on mass evangelism. And so he went and he had his song laid. Uh, but they got there a little bit early and so... D.L. called his song leader. He says, Let's, hey, come on, go with me. And so he went. They were in Chicago. They went to a street corner there in Chicago. He got his song leader. He said, just get up there and start singing. And so he got up. He started singing. Crowd started to develop. When I was in Brazil, that's when we would go out. They love to carry those portable uh, amps, and, and, and they like it loud in Brazil. And they would get on the street corner or in a courtyard where there would be multiple uh, housing units, so large apartment buildings, and they just started singing. Well, next thing you know, you've got two or three hundred people have gathered. And when you get the crowd, then you get up to start preaching. D.L. Moody did that ex in Chicago crowd gets in and he talks to the crowd and he says, I need you to follow me over here to the convention center. And so they follow him over to the convention center because he says, I have uh, something else I'd like to share with you. I got some more to tell you about it. So the crowd went with him. Now this was before the convention came in. So he gets up, has a pretty good crowd and he's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. People are getting saved. He looks at his watch and he says, well, my time is over because those who are attending a, a conference here are fixing to come in. And he looked over at his song leader and he says, now they're fixing to have a, a conference here telling them how to do mass evangelism. He said, we've been doing it. See, I have nothing against going to conferences. But we are too busy about telling what to do and not doing what we know to do already. We can talk about missions and we can talk about witnessing, but the problem with us is that we're just not doing it. And so he goes, and what's, what's the message here? Well, the message is, as you find it in verse number 20, the message is the death, burial, resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15 uh, verses 3 through 4 tells us that. But not only do we see the, that is the message. By the way, the message is not about our worship style. The message is not about if you sing hymns or you do choruses or you do contemporary. Now, I'm not going to go into that. I really doesn't uh, concern me, whatever, you know, what they want to do is their worship style. That's not the message. Now, we have to have music. We, we love to have music, and I understand that. I'm not discounting that. But that's not the message. By the way, the music that you're singing, whatever style you pick, doesn't really matter to me. I like all kinds. But, but the message that, that you should be singing ought to be the message of coming to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. It ought to be talking about Jesus. Whatever style of music you like, it needs to be telling the message. But that's not the, the message is Jesus Christ died for us. 
Jesus Christ died for us even while we were yet sinners. And when Jesus died and he shed his blood, his blood covers our sins, but not only covers our sin, but removes our sin. And not only was he placed in the tomb, but on the third day he rose in victory and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ, the death, burial, resurrection. And as long as you're preaching that message, I don't care the style that you choose. I don't care what songs that you sing, what the message is, and the message can never be compromised, and the message should not be watered down, and the message should not say that here's another way that you can get to heaven. The message should be clear that the only way to heaven is by a man by the name of Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. It's by the way of the cross. So don't leave out the cross or the blood. And that will preach in Honduras, Brazil, anywhere in the world. The message is still the same. The death, burial, resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But notice here, what's the mission here? The mission is found in verse number 20. The mission is that we're to go to all the world. And we are to give them the gospel of Jesus Christ. No matter where we go, as we're going, the message is still the same. I was in Korea back in the late 80s. Korea, South Korea was hot for God during that time. We had a hundred go and we were in crusades from Seoul all the way to Pusan. In a week and a half, almost two weeks, out of those crusades, close to 8,000 came to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. At one time, Korea was hot for God. People were getting saved left and right. And here's one of the things that we need to understand. God will sit on a place, but many of those places, the doors will be closed. Nicaragua. We're not sending anyone to Nicaragua because of the unrest that's going on there. We're seeing other places that were hot for God, but now the doors have been closed. What I'm telling you is we have to have a sense of urgency to reach this world for the cause of Jesus Christ, the time to do it is now. Now. I came across this story. Here again, Dr. Moody made a vow when God called him to the ministry. He made a promise to God. He says, Lord, I'll promise to you that every day I will witness to at least one person. Every day I'll witness to at least one person. He gets home one night. It's about 10 o'clock. And it dawned on him, I hadn't witnessed today. So he gets up, walks out of his home and goes to the street corner and he finds a man there. 10 o'clock at night. And he started witnessing to this man. This man got enraged. And he said, what church are you affiliated with? And he told him what church he was affiliated with. 
He says, and he just, I mean, he, he, was, he was so angry. Not too terribly long ago, Brother Chris encountered a man that uh, their child had come to vacation Bible school. And so we're doing follow-up visits, and that ticked him off. And he came to the office and said, don't ever come to my house again. He was angry. He was a piss of pagan too. But that's... He says, I've never heard of anything like this. This is in my town. A man affiliated with a church. And he says, I've never heard where you would go to somebody's house. But that's what the Lord Jesus has told us to do. As we go, we spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. I know we live in a town. There's a church on every corner. I understand that. But do you realize tonight, this is a community that's still lost in dying and going to hell. We're churched community, but that does not mean we're a saved community. There's a vast difference. And if we're not doing it here... Don't expect that we're going to go and do it somewhere else. Back some years ago, I'm closing. There were what they were called uh, life-saving stations. And they would be, there was a coast. And it was a a, a point there. And uh, back in the day, that it was a very, um, uh, that part of the sea was a a very, uh, uh, violent and, and they would have a number of shipwrecks. And so the purpose of this light, what they called a life-saving station was that they would have the rowboats and other boats and when they found out uh, that a ship had run aground or uh, there was a uh, need for uh, help out there, volunteers, they volunteered, they would go out and rescue these people, bring them uh, to the life-saving station, uh, gave them clothing and whatever the case may be. Well, over the course of the years, uh, the interest started to kind of wane a little bit. And uh, there were some other folks that came along and they said, you know what, we need to get these life-saving stations. We need to get them back up uh, going again because we still think it's something that's needed. And so they got all excited and they started getting more people and they painted the place up and they fixed things up and uh, they went ahead and, and bought some new lifeboats and all of that and they went about doing the business that when their ship would run aground and there were people that needed to be rescued, they were going to take care of it. Well, that lasted for a little while and then uh, interest died out. Then there was another group that came and said, you know what, we need to do that. But I think we can do this a little bit better. I think uh, let's don't depend on volunteers. Let's go and hire some people. And we'll hire these people and uh, they'll go ahead and, and take care of the job and we won't have to worry about getting volunteers. So they raised the money and they uh, hired on some, uh, some folks and uh, that went on for a while. But then uh, that kind of waned and the pay was not that great and so the interest died out again. Now what's the point of this story? The point of this story is the church is a life-saving station. That's what we do here. We're a life-changing station. 
And we're here, and there's people all around us that need to be rescued. They need to be rescued from their sin. They need to be rescued from the death that they're involved in. But here's what's happened in many of our churches today is that we've kind of lost interest. We've become more and more of our churches have become inward. I was on Cedar Key, a little fishing island. And I'm not here to knock any denomination, but they happen to be Methodist. I got to know the Methodist uh, pastor there and uh, talked to him. And he says, uh, you know, what, what do y'all... And this is, a, this is a preacher. He says, what do you think your purpose is? And I said, well, there's a twofold purpose. I said, we're to evangelize a lost community and we're to edify the saints. He says, yeah, I've heard of that. Did you catch that? He said, yeah, I've heard of that. He said, but here's what we've come up with. We believe that we need to invest our time and energy on social issues. We were the only church, and there was four churches on that little island. We were the only church that went out and did any type of outreach. I talked to the Episcopal pastor there, and he said, you know what, I don't know why you do that. And I said, what do you mean? He says, these people have already made up their mind of what church they're going to attend or if they're going to attend at all. Why bother going out? My dear friend, Jesus told us to go. Jesus told us to teach all nations. Jesus gave us our marching orders not a committee or a denomination thinking this is what we ought to be going about. We already got our marching orders and we don't have to have a committee to say, do you think we need to get on in this? Jesus has already settled it. He says, go ye therefore teaching and reaching the lost and dying with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Church, if we're not doing it here, we're not going to do it anywhere else. But we have the decision. Are we going to obey what the Lord's told us to do? Or are we going to do what we think we ought to do? I don't know about you, but I'm going to go ahead and side with what Jesus told us to do. Go and teach and reach a lost and dying world the gospel of Jesus Christ. Scripture also tells us to make disciples, make followers of them. That's our job. The question for us tonight is, are we going to do our job?